and welcome to episode 465 of the MTD Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTD Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? I'm doing great, Seth. Ready, uh, <laughs> ready to review ourselves. Uh, a little reacting to what's happening <laughs> in uh, this past year. Always, always one of my favorite podcasts of the year. But we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit. We got another co-host in Krim. Krim, how are you today? Happy New Year. Uh, oh yeah, happy Happy New Year. I mean, uh, like you know, I've, I've realized after all of our Patreon content, I'm happy to now be called Saffron Smoliv. Um, so I'm very <laughs> proud of that nickname. Yeah, Krimothy, Saffron yeah, Krimothy, you know, <laughs> Saffron Smoliv, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty happy to be here today. So today we're doing our uh, year in the review podcast, where we go back over some of our predictions throughout the year, our good ones and our bad ones, and kind of see how we did this past year, talking about mostly spoilers, but uh, some other stuff too. So that's the overview for today. Before we jump into it, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit, and Card Conduit's the easiest way to sell your magic cards. And if you ever get tired of the hassles of buy listing, Card Conduit lets you skip them. You can use their curated service and send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% fee. And if you want to do a bit of work, you can use this sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just 2%. And either way, you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once your order is processed. And you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's review the last year in Magic. So, Richard, I know you got some clips. I'm going to bump it over to you. Why don't you uh, guide us through our, our wonderful predictions from the year? All right. Our kind editor, Nyaduk, has slaved away, washed every piece of content we've made to uh, pick some highlights, highlights for us to talk about. And we're going to start with last year's year-end review, where we reviewed the stuff we talked there. So that that is us reacting to a video of us reacting to our original comments. <laughs> oh God! On on Jaya. So uh, this clip is is titled <laughs> "Double Down." If you want to prepare yourself. So end of 2022. This is what we had to say about a planeswalker called Jaya. We were high on Liliana for standard, but we're even higher on another planeswalker, Jaya Fiery Negotiator. <laughs> yep. Which just has a ridiculous <laughs> amount of abilities. It's got four abilities. It protects itself <laughs> with tokens. It generate cards advantage. It removes things. To me, this feels sculptor? like. Exactly what you want in a standard playable. Yeah, is. I think Jaya sure is, is no, going to be one of the better right planeswalkers in standard. But Krim, Krim, what do you think? Yeah, like it's got four abilities, like you had mentioned, and the token isn't just any token. It's a one-one token with prowess. These tokens are like it's got a little bit of a monastery mentor love attached to it, right? So yeah, and it comes down where as opposed to like the Obnixilis kind of like the vanilla five-drop planeswalker. This is a four-drop. So this is a very, very sol like solid cost for what it's doing. This card just seems really good. It's not quite Chandra Torch of Defiance, but it is still very good for Stan. Yeah, I don't think it's that. I think it's the closest we've seen to a Chandra Torch of Defiance on Chandra. All right. I'm so four I'm man so, of planeswalkers uh, with like four abilities are usually Jace. a miss. <laughs> I actually, I'm going to use my let's check back 
next year on this one because yeah. I still Ooh. think oh, that you're Jaya, doubling down. You're doubling down. I still, on this. Okay. I still think that Jaya is actually a good card. It just it hasn't been the right metaphor. I think Jaya still got a chance to be to be good. It still reads like a strong card to me. So let let's check back and see if this is maybe the bloodthirsty <laughs> adversary this year. Because I'm we, snapping on this. I'm snapping because <laughs> you're, you're doubling down. I'll snap back. No, I'm we, we, back. Got, we got Grixis mid range, Mardu mid range, and Rakdos mid range at the top of the meta, and Jaya can't find a home. Like there's no world <laughs> that, in which she comes back from this deck. The, she's not for a mid range deck though. She like top spells. end of aggro, I think. Or some sort of no. spell slinger deck is probably why, why would you be making a one-one monk at the top end of red aggro here? <laughs> give it a minute. Yeah. Just give it a minute. Just give it a minute. <laughs> like you flood the board, you get creatures, you get removal, you get card draw. It'll give it time, Richard. Give it time. It's gonna. We gotta, get we gotta cut our losses and scoop. You know, we can't. <laughs> I don't know about this. I don't know about this hill to die on wow, here. Guys. Oh, that, that. Whoa, whoa. Give, wait, give me your wait, eight cubes. There's give wait, me your eight wait, cubes. No, that's no, no, sixteen no, no. cubes, there's, Richard. You guys need to double down on it. Time, time. Standard got extended. Yeah, I know. Boros looks oh, like it's yes, gonna be. Yes. I'm actually gonna triple one, down. One more You're year. One down. more year. One more year. Hear me out. Okay. This is this is the cost fallacy. This is this is okay. There's truth behind this. Okay, okay. Hear me out. Boros looks like he's getting support, right? So initially, what and 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 like I know that we also talked about Quintoris, right? Uh, and, and like that card is hot hot garbage because it is in standard, right? Like it is actually hot garbage in standard, but. Now, at least at the time of that, right? And obviously, we also, you know, had the caveat that, that you know, all right, as more cards come out, maybe Quintorius could be better, right? I think now, if Boros gets that push, we get Lightning Helix. <laughs> you've got Jaya. <laughs> you've got we're, okay. We're good. I know. We're good. You have Quintorius. Like you yeah. have you have the Lightning Helix the solves all. Yeah, Lightning Helix solves yeah. all. <laughs> Dude, Lightning Helix does so. It triggers the prowess <laughs> on the token. I'm tripling down on this. I'm going one step farther than doubling down. I'm doubling down plus ultra. Let's go, dude. It's going to get played. When Mar Murders of Markov, I mean, Karlov Manor, I've been calling it Markov Manor all this time. Murders at Karlov Manor comes out. It's going to pop off. Give it a year. I'm, I'm asking for one year extension on this card's life. That's all. I I am not tripling down, but I will say, I will say, I have seen Seth Palin. I have, yes, I'm out of here, Krim. You're on your own. On this one. You're on your own. Diamond we look, hands. We look diamond hands. weak if we show the cracks in our armor. You need to hold the line with I, me, dude. I will say, I have seen some Jayas. It shows up at sideboards a little bit. There's, I think there's been more Jayas than there were when we made this podcast a year ago because it does it definitely didn't become a staple it wasn't as good as i thought but it does see a little bit of play right i'm looking at like recent deck lists and people play a couple yeah, in the side small japanese tournament the giant <laughs> oh, oh god convention a cheeky i don't even know where this is from but yes <laughs> doing the sideboard did you the play sideboard. it on budget magic one week are we counting that one Against the odds that counts, that counts. <laughs> technically an improvement then See, so we were technically right. But I, I, I'm going, I will say, I'm going to this was before standard was extended. This yep. was, I think, before the new ban and restricted cadence, but yep. that's already been reversed, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> this was before Lord of the Rings, too. So you keep that in mind as we go through some of these clips. But 
Krim with the triple down. Uh, we'll see if they can extend standard another year <laughs> next year to see if we can eventually get this right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I am genuinely curious here. Do you not think that this card is going to be playable with Lightning Helix and if Boros or Red White X takes off? If if that shell that is Lightning Helix, Quintorius, and 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 like me and J- Jaya literally puts it into exile. It does. It works with like, like PNLR and like Adventures Entities, Quintorius. Like I can see the argument curves. for it, but it, it burnt me so hard last year, Krim. I can't. I can't go back to the Jaya well again. Like this, I look like a Jaya fool well, on this podcast thanks to Jaya. <laughs> Jaya well, it hasn't dried up though. That's what I'm saying because like you know we we I don't I don't see how this is any worse than our circle of loyalty prediction, right? So like that's I, our that's our floor. I think this is already an improvement. Plus, you never know if Watsi will just extend standard another year. So maybe we'll be doing Four this again years. next year. One more year, one more year for Jaya. <laughs> we, we need a five ability planeswalker, or we need a static on Jaya. I think that's <laughs> that, yeah, that's where we're at. No static kills it. The monk sucks. Like if the monk was something not a monk, I think you could see some kind of play. <laughs> but the monk sucks. Imagine playing right. four mana to make a one-one prowess, and you're like, I untap. Like, oh, okay, I'm sure. cracking my knuckles. You're all making me sweaty. I got, I got, I gotta go win a spike a tournament. Yeah, go. I gotta go, go win a spike tournament real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go win spike a tournament. Hold on, BRB. All right, let's let's move on to our wish list for 2023. So at the beginning of the year, we made a wish list. So let's see if uh, Watsi has has fulfilled any of our wishes. So we'll start with, with Seth's wish list. <laughs> All right, we're running long. But before we end, we, we have to do the one thing. And what is our wish list for 2023? What do we want to see? Now that they have fixed standard, what, what, what should we see in 2023? I, I want to see modern. I want to see modern change. Modern isn't bad right now, but we've been dealing with the same handful of Modern Horizons 2 cards for the past almost two years now, and it's just getting very samey. You see the same few cards again and again and again, over and over and over. Whether this means unbanning some stuff, which would be probably my preference, like reevaluate the ban list, get some stuff out of there that might be powerful enough to shake up new uh, decks. Whether it means banning stuff, whether it means Lord of the Rings being super overpowered and power creeping <laughs> MHU out of the meta. I don't care how you do it, Wizards. Actually, don't do that last one, hopefully, but I don't care how you do it, but let's, let's get a shake up. curling, Seth. Gandalf <laughs> is here to save the day. I'll, at this point, I'll take it. If it means not dying to a Ragavan again, that's that's fine. <laughs> oh, God. Well. Technically, Monkey got worse. Yeah, Monkey, Monkey got worse. We did have a shake up. Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings did kind of come yeah. in and push a lot of stuff <laughs> out of the fort. We even got Fury Band uh, recently. So I guess it kind of happened. There's still a lot of MH2 stuff at the top of the meta, but I would say my wish was like at least half granted, right? Like a lot of that stuff kind of happened. I mean, we're still dealing with the Modern Horizons 2 like garbage. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I I, I think that, yeah, you probably got a good a chunk of your, think, your wish right there. I, Although it, it technically happened. Like up it did. Beanstalk was printed, shook up Modern, Got printed, got, got act. So no more. It made the, <laughs> we got more of the rings cards. cards. It wasn't Gandalf. Turns out Orcish Bowmasters is the star of the franchise, and the One Ring, uh, basically, you know, opened up modern. Uh, Lorian revealed all those cycle cards. The the stupid six four in Living End. 
that happened. Hunt. And then Fury got the axe. Like, oh, I don't know, Seth, is this a win? Are you it, happy with Modern? So, <laughs> so it we happened. So it happened, but I don't know if I'm happier with Modern now than I was a year ago. That's a sad part. Like, everything I wanted to, like, sort of kind of happened. But Modern still feels kind of stale to me. So I don't know. This might be my wishing in for next year. Modern Horizons 3 coming in, shake up that meta. Just can't win. They oh. delivered on all fronts, and you're still not happy, Seth. <laughs> Typical Magic player. Typical Magic player. <laughs> All right, little little Krimi, did your did your uh, holiday wishes come true? Let's find out. Oh god, I I want to see pure control. I want to see pure control come back. <laughs> I want to see pure control come back in standard. I I guess all I can ask for is pioneer. I hope these these formats continue to stay fun. I hope they eventually ban uh, like Shrine to Nyx or Journey, whatever the land Nykthos. Nyx. Uh, like like yeah, like like that that. Maybe something will eventually change it up to where it's not just Rakdos. I I think I've been a terrible boy for Christmas this year because I literally got nothing on my no, my wish you, list. C- control was at the top of the standard meta for a bit. Remember when Demir like Demir was the thing mid range? You've been void rending all year, Crib. You've been void rending <laughs> all year. Control was control was pretty good here, I think. I have been void running. <laughs> and yes, I will admit that there was a point where peer control was there briefly, right? For the whole week and a half. And then <laughs> it went back to just, well, mid range, right? So I think I got, I'm over too. I, I even had, like, I felt like my task, like, I threw two out there and they were relatively low hanging fruit. And somehow they put Tavern of Souls into standard. So, like, <laughs> like, like, I think I've done something wrong, and Santa has poo-pooed in my stocking. <laughs> so, like, I've got nothing from my wish list. Yeah, you you should have named the right card in Pioneer, Krim. You you said uh, Shrine to Nykthos or something like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, not Watsi's did. fault. You got to know the right card name. <laughs> you got to know the right card. You registered you- the wrong card. Do you know how far, uh, like, so there's my, there's my wish list, and then the, like, if it were put on a spectrum, there's my wish list on the, the, the back end here, and then there's the BNR announcement on the other end, where they didn't even acknowledge <laughs> Journey into Nyx, or whatever, <laughs> the Shrine to Nyx, <laughs> Nick uh, like, those, card. Those. Nick knows, it's been yeah. a year for Nyx, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, okay, the point, whatever it's called, that, the that, card. that godforsaken land, right, like, that card. <laughs> It wasn't even mm. mentioned in the BNR. It's not even on the roadmap for them. They don't even, oh, everything's great in Pioneer Land. When it comes to that card, mm. you ban Karn? Dude, I've lost so many times to Mono Green without Karn. I don't even care about Karn half the time. I'm just like, I see that land and I just want to throw my computer out the window. So the, right. the point so here this is, is another double down for, for Krim then. Yeah. Asking for the same gift in <laughs> 2024. <laughs> Yeah, the kids are hungry. When I say the kids, I mean me and maybe the four other people that apparently only like pure control and want Nick those banned because everyone's like, Krim, you're just being weird. (laughs) All right. Well, since I'm the only person in this, like, I'm going to gather my everybody that wants this band in the Slack call and we're going to we're going to we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. All right. Let's see if little Richard got his uh, wish in 2023. I would like to see universes beyond and standard. So rather than Gandalf wreak havoc and interesting, he should wreak standard uh, havoc and standard, and then rotate out and be never seen again, right? Like if you're gonna do these cool crossovers like Transformers, like I want to play them in standard. Like I, there's no real place to play them, and then they will rotate. So if you get sick of it, 
they just leave and it'll be fine, right? Uh, so would they if that happen then modern? Would they be legal and pioneer and modern, or would this be like standard horizons yes. or something where they're only legal and standard? No, no, no. They'll, they'll they'll be legal in older formats, but okay. they'd be tuned for standards. So, well, okay, under the old game, <laughs> like they most likely would not see any modern play, but under the new design, they probably dominate every format going back to vintage. So, but like just like strong enough for standard, but not strong enough for modern and legacy and whatnot, and then just throw them into standard be hype about it, and then have them rotate out, and then we'll never see them again. Well, you I'm know? a bad boy. This never <laughs> happened. <laughs> it's still good. I mean, little did I know, they just would cancel rotation altogether. <laughs> so even if it did happen, like it did, it wouldn't do what I wanted to do. <laughs> they actually made the rotation longer. But, but you might just be ahead of your time here. I think Marvel, when that hits, that's going to be in standard. Yeah, they, I think it's possible. I mean, I don't even know if they're going to have any designers left to make actual magic cards at that point with everyone they, uh, <laughs> they're getting rid of. So it might be by default that we have to have universes beyond in standard. Do you think they'll do it, given the success of Lord of the Rings? I could see it. The I think fact it's that a they realistic want arena players to play it. Do you think Final Fantasy or any of the upcoming universes beyond get changed to a standard? I think I don't think it happens until Marvel. It's got to be the temple ones, right? Like, so it would have to be. What's the Final what's Fantasy? the other temple? Assassin's Creed? Oh, Final Fantasy. No, no, yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy. So, like, I could see Final Fantasy possibly, but I think it's got to be one of those. I don't think they're just gonna throw the random like commander precons or secret layer stuff into standard, but I could see the temple ones being standard. Oh God, I would love to see Sephiroth just like dumpster some cards in standard and having to hear like commentators talk about it. Like, oh my God, Sephiroth is actually busted in standard right now against Shieldred. But, but like, I don't think Final Fantasy is the one. I, I know Final Fantasy is big, but I think Marvel is the one that they, they push into standard. I think we're going to see a secret layer first. I think we're going to see like a secret layer of five new cards that are standard legal and that'll be their testing grounds. And then once that, you know, everyone will freak out, but then buy the cards anyway, and then we'll all play them happily on arena and then they'll go with a tentpole set. So I do think it's, it's coming, right? Because we do want people to play them as standard and it's nice that we can rotate them out. I kind of hate that the, the one ring is like forever in all these formats or bow masters is forever in all these formats. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually just like that part of it too. It's kind of the Modern Horizons 2 problem again, right? You want to push the cards so they're good and exciting, but then they live forever and people get sad. All right. So on to set releases. Uh, Phyrexia all will be one. So we're going to go into our standard top 10 videos. Uh, let's see what you guys had to say. This is our top hit. Shieldred's Edict, why does this Edict Crim actually have a chance to be really good in standard? The standard is all about just playing one threat, one very good threat each turn. The three modes on this card are absolutely, like, awesome, right? Um, just because of the way you're able to get around what would normally protect their best threat. Oh, flood the board with a bunch of, like, pointless little tokens or something. This gets around that. This is a really solid removal spell in this current standard. Uh, you want to get around Trespasser. You can also get, like, Snipe Planeswalkers. Planeswalkers might need a buff <laughs> if the answers are getting this good. 
I mean, that I think what sold me on it is the Planeswalker removal. I, I haven't come around on the idea that Planeswalkers are not good enough. I think I think the non-token thing definitely helps. You're right that we are a format that's a lot of times about playing one big threat, especially if you can get around the wedding announcements and the other token producers. So I think it's better in this format in most. But when I see this, I see like medium creature removal and then like S-tier Planeswalker removal. This is what's causing Jaya to see no play. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's been even better than we thought, right? We ranked it highly. Yeah. But this is a card that I see like in Pioneer, you know, like on Arena and Historic and those formats. Like it's even broke out outside of Standard a little bit. So yeah, I think we nailed that one. Yeah. I, I That card is as, as, as advertised, right? I mean, it did everything we needed to do and then some. Yeah, getting around Trespasser, getting around, it's like that Liliana effect, getting around like protection spells, like hexproof, things like that. And then the the non-token clauses and stuff prevent people from kind of uh, getting around it. So yeah, uh, do Planeswalkers need a buff? Jaya certainly does. Uh, <laughs> Wait. Wait. Uh, top miss, top miss. We have one Dominus on our list today, and it's the white one, Mondrak Glory Dominus. This is one of my other favorite cards from the set. I think this card has potential to be very strong. First off, there's a lot of synergies for it. You can do ridiculous things if you get Rotodropic going with this and you're making like token copies of this when it dies with Rotodropic. But that's kind of like the, the crazy against the odds do sweet thing plan. We have a lot of token producers in standard. Fable the Mirror Breaker makes tokens. Wedding Announcement makes tokens. We see soldiers making ton of tokens. We got a bunch of might tokens coming from the new set. We got Jet Mirror synergies. We got Ginny Face synergies like Naya tokens, green white tokens. So there's tons of token synergies. This is perfect for it. So I actually think this card has potential to be like staple level standard. I mean, yeah, like this is probably the most hyped Dominus out of the site, like of, of the cycle, right? This is the one that, uh, and I, I'm excited to try it in like Naya or whatever, Cabaretti. Like I am super excited to try this in anything that plays a wedding announcement. Like th this card is just flat out good, right? Wow, it it's just good. Well, it turns out that if you I put, met the commander, <laughs> it turns out if you put farewell and sunfall in a format, you just can't build token decks. Like, like it's just too like we live in this like super wrath heavy format. Ever since Streets Nuka Pen, I always trick myself. Every time, oh yeah, token's gonna make it now. Look at this. Look at Jetmir. Look at Mondrag. Look at like no, no, it's just not gonna happen. They're just gonna sunfall you, and you're gonna be very sad when they kill you with this huge incubate. So <laughs> the meta is just like not gonna let tokens work. Sadly. Which is sad because like there is a powerful tokens core package here. There is. There uh, is. Um, like yeah, like you have so many good cards in Naya for a token deck, but at the end of the day, you're just not fast enough. Yeah, it's like a mid range deck that gets really wrecked by the sweepers. And indestructible is a meme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> between farewell, sunfall, and the the edict, like yeah, leyline binding. binding, indestructible, leyline binding. Yeah, it's like. It's like it means nothing. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it kind of doesn't do anything. Uh, so yeah, that that's an interesting one. Uh, okay, uh, March of the Machines, top hit number two on our list. We got Invasion of Gabacon, our new white thought sees, and uh, this card's really, mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. To me, this feels like just a, a staple for any sort of aggro go wide token soldiers aggro style deck. Krim. What do you think about this one? As the control mage, are you a little scared uh, about this card if you're you're on the control side and it comes out from the soldier deck or whatever? 
I mean, oh yeah. Look, look, it does everything you, you don't want it to do, right? Like, this is perfect for tempo. This is perfect for whatever deck that has white, really. Being able, it's so aggressively costed. Yeah. And? Yeah. Like, this, this is exactly what you want. Like, I, this is, has to be the best battle. This has to be the best battle in standard. I think it is so darn good. It's definitely, it's, it's on my short list of best battles. <laughs> Okay. I mean, yeah, card's really good. Yeah, card is the best battle, actually, right? Like, I guess yeah. you could argue for Zendikar also sees a lot of play in like the ramp decks, but I think these are the honestly, maybe this is our next heading, but like battles were kind of a flop, weren't they? <laughs> like, if you look at the like, cards that see play in standard, it's really those two Gabacon, Invasion of Zendikar is a ramp spell, and like every once in a while you run into someone that's playing like a mean battle deck or like an against odds battle deck but as far as competitive play that's pretty much it out of all whatever 30 battles they printed or whatever they definitely felt they took the safer route for battles this time around um and and that's kind of the issue with it but you know gobacon is good right i've i've seen yeah. it in white decks and i've seen it played in like low to the ground decks like white weenie as well uh they've opted to take some out some play uh, some some play none but you know you know where battles get casted from exile <laughs> jaya so goes in the boro with jaya <laughs> lightning Victorian. helix we're doing it <laughs> helix <laughs> they like again. The people have uh, like Watsy staff, I believe, has even said it on on, on social media spaces. Boros is getting some love, and for for murders at Karloff, this goes in that. I'm just saying. Just saying. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was with you guys until you brought Jaya back into this. Uh, Gobakan and Peacekeeper. A little gross combo where you kind of just tax their the opponent's whole hand. And you might actually want to flip this. There's like some merit to yeah. uh, wasting three damage to flip this. Uh, because you do get, well, uh, you, you get pseudo protection. Again, Sunfall, farewell. Uh, <laughs> but then you get the pumping effect too. So you can kind of try to make up that damage that you lost. Uh, but yeah, we haven't seen many battles, let alone flipped battles. Uh, so kind of an interesting flop on the, the mechanic there. Yeah, you said that Invasion of Gabacon might be the best battle for Standard, but we actually have one other battle ahead of it coming in at number one on our list. Invasion of Florida, or Fiora. Uh, <laughs> Fiora. <laughs> oh man, this card's sweet. Six, this card Florida. feels like it's the, the very opposite <laughs> end of Invasion of Gabacon. Invasion of Gabacon is like the best battle if you're playing like this aggro creature tempo style. To me, this seems like one of the best battles for like mid-ranging control style decks, legendary style decks, and I expect this one to see a lot of play. But what do you think, Grim? It, it is six mana. Is a six mana wrath? Uh, is that good enough for standard? I mean, we were just talking about like farewell. That's a six mana wrath that exiles, so obviously worth the six mana. But this, okay, like this is neck and neck with Invasion of Gabacon. I do really love Gabacon as one of the best. Yeah, I kind of love that. This grinds. This card super duper grinds, and you can choose. One or both when it comes to the sweeper. So it's worst case scenario. You need to nuke the whole board, including your own. Or you can just choose one and have it be a one-sided board wipe where this could be like a plague win kind of thing. So yeah. this is just very good at six mana. Invasion of Florida. Invasion of Florida. Not, <laughs> not Number as, one card. Not as good. Yeah. Actually, I was looking at me and Crim's individual as we both actually had it number one. So we were both in agreement on this. And yeah, like 
So do you think it's the card that's bad, Grim, and we just like missed it? Or do you think it's that just like battles were underpowered this time around? Like, is it the the archetype that's the problem rather than because I sometimes when you miss on a card, it's not so much like that the card itself is bad, but other forces playing to it. What do you think? Did we just like mess this one up or are battles just like not as strong as we were hoping? I mean, you got to remember where that came from, right? Where we came from, like the meta we were in. The Racto- colors that were popping. Was that Rakdos World? Fable of the Mirror I, I Breaker believe, dot meta? Yeah. I'm pretty sure like before the bannings happened. Yeah. So like with that in mind, it sounds even sillier now, but that's because cards were removed from the card pool and and the decks changed. Yeah. So I, but I do still think regardless, it is a bit of both more, a little bit of column A and a lot more of column B and column B being battles spelled with uh, D's instead of T's because they were bad. Like they were really bad. Oh my God, they were bad. And because the backside, like this should have been maybe like one loyalty or a shocks loyalty away. If it were like a shocks like loyalty, so just two damage, I think this would have changed a little bit more. It's a little way too safe. I mean, it basically turned out that it's almost in almost every case, it's not worth flipping battles, right? Like that's kind of what it, and yeah. that's a big conversation we had. Like when battles were first spoiled, it turns out that it's just usually not worth it to put your damage at the battle. And these have pretty high loyalty cost or whatever it is, like where you have to deal a lot of damage at them. And plus you have the competition of like farewells and sunfalls in these really good rats. So you have these like super powerful rats and no one really wants to send five damage in a battle to try to flip it. So you end up with invasion of Florida, just not making the cut sadly. It's a cool card, though. The design of battles yeah. is still really cool. And I know Mark Rosewater, I believe, said recently that like players love battles and they're bringing them back at some point. So hopefully the next go round of battles, maybe they push them a little more and they actually see more play. This should have been four mana. Maybe that's my wish for 2024. Battles that are playable, Watsy. Get on it. I mean, a four mana would be insane, right? A four mana would Wrath. It? Four that mana Wrath be... is pretty good. That's no, just They, they that's purposely just don't fine. print it's four just... mana Wraths. No, I mean, would you rather a four mana wrath that only destroys, or would you rather have Sunfall? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's right. So, maybe. so, so mm-hmm. the difference is Sunfall was released in the same set, five yep. mana exile, and then Farewell like cleans up everything. And yeah. there are indestructible creatures running around. Like, There's a lot. Yeah, so the the exile actually matters, and then in Farewell's case, it cleans up the graveyard too. So. Kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. we, we played black all year, right? It's just. It, it doesn't offer enough utility to get to six mana and then cast it. Like, you have other ways of, of dealing with it. So, yeah. I, the the upside of it. Like, remember Sunfall makes an incubate, right? Yeah. Like, like yep. you, you get that matter with Sunfall, too, right? Yeah. So, like, and you don't have to, yeah, spend time attacking it or anything like that. There's no... Much easier to get the incubate with Sunfall. Yeah. All right. Top omission. We also got a oh, wrath in Sunfall. <laughs> so is Sunfall a playable card? And I think the answer is not right now. I think the problem in Standard is Farewell exists, and Farewell is just such a ridiculous card, especially in our current Standard, where there's a lot of artifacts, and there's a lot of enchantments, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the graveyard. Paying one more mana for that flexibility, I think means you're going to stick with Farewell over Sunfall, and then you're also kind of competing with Depopulate. Yes, Sunfall leaves behind Incubate. Yes, it exiles rather than destroys, but it's also one more mana. So if you're up against Aggro, the difference between four and five is often going to be the difference between alive and dead. So I think it might just fall in an awkward spot right now, but 
I think this will probably change in the future. Both Depopulate and Farewell are going to be gone at rotation. So even though I don't think I play Sunfall over these options right now, there's a very good chance that this card will move up in the Wrath rankings quite a bit once they rotate. Eh, that wasn't that bad. I was expecting worse, honestly, when, when it <laughs> popped up. I thought I was going to say something way worse than that. Like, remember it. Garbage. Like, remember this? Yeah, I was expecting me to just straight up trash it. But, like, this was before Fable was banned, too. We're talking in a meta where, like, Fable was everywhere. That was, like, the best, like, the biggest thing going in the meta was, like, Fable having enchantments on the battlefield. So I feel like maybe at the time that actually wasn't the like most horrible take and then of course watsy canceled rotation so the whole when plukrudos rotates thing like didn't even come into play because there was no rotation this year but it was better than i thought i thought i was gonna say this card is just stone trash but i was kind of like in the middle at least but i definitely underrated it let it be known i liked sunfall i just thought invasion of florida was <laughs> yeah me, me too but me i too. like it's funny that seth was like sunfall unplayable i want one more mana invasion of florida yeah. <laughs> but it flips into a creature but richard mark chase the, yeah, the versatility <laughs> the versatility <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, who would have known? You just play them all, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, exile actually matters with all the the recursion yeah. happening and the indestructible things. Uh, I mean, the more surprising thing, maybe not surprising, is like depopulate falling to the 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 exile. So people are willing to pay more mana for for the exile effect. So yeah, that is true. Uh, interesting. All right, uh, wilds of Eldraine's. <laughs> Crim's favorite set, back to Eldraine. Let's see uh, what we chose. We got another two drop topping my list in Mosswood Dread Knight. So Mosswood Dread Knight, to me, this card seems like one of the, I think this is the best adventure card for standard. So Mosswood Red Knight, it's a tenacious underdog that can also play defense. Like you can, that to me seems like an incredibly powerful effect in our grindy standard. Like standard is all about these super late game grindy matchups. I feel like this card is just built to work with what standard is doing. Again, the only question similar to uh, the druid we talked about earlier, it is a card that has green in its cost and green has not been the yeah. best, not been the best color in standard, but I feel like these adventures, you can see the pieces for some sort of like pretty grindy, but still aggressive Jun deck that can maybe card advantage and keep up with the really top tier decks in the format. So to me, this feels like just recursive two drops have always been very powerful in standard. And I feel like this is a really good one because it can play defense as well as offense. But what do you think, Grim? You didn't have this card on your list at all. Are, are you not as high on Mosswood Dread Knight? I don't like this card at all because of the green part like and not just because my normal disdain for green i just think that it's like what home does this have right like i if if you find a home for it and let, let's say you do right this kind of just seems okay maybe i'm wrong maybe adventures, i'm wrong. I'm, I'm, adventures I'd like bringing see. green back we're gonna we're gonna bring green back we'll see it's a it's a, a long road for green to be good but i actually have faith that this that green is going to improve we'll see if it gets all the way It'll to competing improve, with the top sure. tier decks that is up for debate well let's say one thing green did get an improvement it did green at that time was unplayable and yep. the biggest meme color of all time outside of four color ramp I will say, though, that people play the card. I see the card all the time. But remember how we talked about Sunfall? And in best of one, you have temporary lockdowns running rampant. I, I have honestly found that Tenacious Corndog is still better. 
It is still better. <laughs> doubling down again. Wow. It's the double yeah. down podcast. It's the double down cast. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I remember this. So, so but, thank goodness it's the top 10. Because I remember in the podcast, we trashed it, crew. Me and yeah, you. you we were like, I was going to say, Richard, you are so high. Here, yeah. This car is absolute <laughs> trash. And it literally made green playable, right? Like, like green it did make green is playable. actually, even currently, right now, is the highest like two color pairing with black. And like it literally dragged green back from the dead. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think it was a hard miss from me and Krim and Seth victoriously among the I remember we miss. were like, Seth, th- this is too hard. The recursion is conditional. <laughs> There's like sunfall and stuff. Like, no way, right? This is like a trap card. Everyone thinks it's grindy card advantage, but it literally made Golgari a thing. Golgari yeah. was a meme. Green was unplayable and standard up to this point. So it's a hard miss, and I'm shocked you're doubling down. This is the, <laughs> this is the I, double down podcast for you. <laughs> I think that the card is better than I'll give it credit for, for sure. It made green good. It, like, again, the one thing we talked about was that, okay, is it does it make it better than Demir midrange? The answer is yes. There is apparently a reason to play it over Demir midrange. And, and that's fine. Like, that's good for that card. But... It's not like I still think Tenacious Underdog. My original reasoning is that Tenacious Underdog felt better. And that's true. That's still true. Tenacious Underdog is better, in my opinion. I will say that the card is good, like better than I gave it credit for, though. 2024. I'm just wait. People don't even play Tenacious Underdog. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Looking at her stats, everyone plays for Mosswood, Mo- uh, Mosswood Dread Knights, and people don't play Tenacious Underdog like at all i think so now people have chosen in the golgari color two metas like Mos- two metas though best of one best of three right so <laughs> Wait, which, one's, one, which one's better in which i i see best of one i see tenacious underdog all the time yeah okay and and also i do see Moss with dread knight right but but again both of them just get like maybe it's because the decks that i play uh and that i don't feel the effect and this is definitely like you know little bit of recency you know a little bit of a bias right obviously from what i see my small sample size but temporary lockdown sunfalls and farewells have made me not care about this card and tenacious underdog having haste means that i have to answer their graveyard it's on the void rend scale what how well does void rend deal with (laughs) (laughs) really though actually void rend is bad against yeah void rend's bad against both of them really really though i i think the adventure cards did kind of bring green back i think that's the big picture like we've been talking for the past year about like green being like unplayable in standard and not just red knight but also questing druid like brought some like green decks gruel decks we've seen some boros decks with that so i think that was like a win for like standards way better than it used to be in part because of these adventure cards making more colors playable because a year ago we were talking about like the black only meta the rakdos only meta for like six months at a time so i think that's the big win out of all this is like standards better than it was a year ago so i'm happy about that yeah it's a lot better because you know these things are now played right? yeah, because it they have more diversity rakdos. right it's not just yeah. one color in one deck anymore so i think yeah that's that's the most exciting part <laughs> i don't I, no. I feel every deck in standard is X white or X black. <laughs> I mean, it used to be just X black. There's going to be overlap. It was just X black. Okay, we got better, but like the, the sunfall farewell wedding announcement, like it's, it's interesting. Like white, white and black are the two best colors, yet Orzov is like not that popular. So yeah, that is kind of strange. How the meta has shaken up. But I guess Esper midrange, like Rafine. 
uh, I, I think there, so. arguably right now, standard is the best 60 card format. I mean, that's just my, that that's my opinion right now. It has like, I've been able to play wild nonsense on the ladder and have fun. So, and also have sweaty decks. So I, I think this is actually a very good standard. That's the advantage of mid-range meta. Like, they're kind of slow, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you can play out the card. You get more so time. That, that is an advantage. But you, yeah, but you like lose to... A control meta where you can't do anything, or an aggro meta where you're dead already. Like, mid-range, like, ah, whatever. Just keep playing my cards. <laughs> but then you lose to ramp. <laughs> ah, That's ramp. That, that, that is the bane of all mid-range players. <laughs> <laughs> you can never beat ramp. Uh, all right. Top of mission. From what? Oh, wait. Was that top miss? No, top miss. All right. So naturally, I got to choose my fairies. And like, one thing we've learned is (laughs) adventures that curve into the body have usually been very good, right? You go stomp, like, you know, Bone Crusher, right? And and, and this card, Spell Scorn Coven. So you're going to get into points where you're in a top deck war and whatnot. You play this into their big clunky spell, their breach the multiverse, and then make them discard it. Whether there is a fairies deck or maybe even this just gets slotted into Demir Midrange, maybe now Demir Midrange can finally be good. I think it finally has enough support. <laughs> it, you might, know? it might get to, there to this finally, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I, do. I mean this card seems really good. I do like how it curves. As you mentioned, like the best adventures we've ever seen curve spell into creature. And that's exactly what we see here. My only thing with this card is both modes seem like maybe overcosted by a mana ish, like compared to what they would be otherwise. But maybe that's fine because you get so much flexibility out of the card. And I do like the line you're saying of like bounce the big spell, make you discard it. It does synergize well. Legitimately right now, I, I think this is just a generically good card. Remember, very bias. <laughs> so not only was Demir Midrange a good deck, uh, it didn't play this. Uh, not only that, but it plays a lot of fairies too. <laughs> Sleep Curse Fairy, Fairy Mastermind, still didn't make the cut. That was a miss. Are you going to double down or coming? That's Next a huge miss. No, no. <laughs> double that down? Was, I love fairies. <laughs> I love blue and black. The standard, me- that meta just didn't play out the way I thought it would. Because not only was Demir Midrange not the best version of Midrange, right? Like, again, I'm I'm willing to take the L there. Golgari was the better Midrange deck, right? And because of that, why would you play this? Like, it, sure, maybe people tested out. They didn't like it at the beginning. But was that because this card was bad or because Demir was just strictly the worst version of the, like the, like the Midrange deck? And... I think it's a bit of both. Like, maybe this card is bad. I, I do think it was bad for, for standard. But, I mean, first off, A, you got to throw some darts at the beginning of a new set, right? <laughs> you got to throw some darts as content creators, right? So, I'm going to throw some darts. And that's for sure. It's... It's funny to see how, like, biases play into it, because I know you love fairies, and, like, this one didn't really work out, but also during the same set release during Miles of Alderaan, you were really high in Sleep Curse Fairy, and I thought that card was, like, hot trash. Like, why would anyone play this thing that'll never untap? And that card ended up being, like, kind of a standard staple, or at least very good in standard. So, like, sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't work out, but I I think your your love of fairies, like, yeah, this one was kind of a whiff, but you hit some because of that, too. So, I, I think you're just being higher on fairies in general like fairies were better than i expected them to be so i don't think it's a total l even though like <laughs> this card is I, kind of a i will say l. i'm two i was two out of three right two fairies out of, yeah. was popular 
right? It did become yep. fairies, not just, the one we know of. It just didn't have Spellcorn or whatever. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, it just didn't have Spellcoven, which was sad for me. Makes me I, sad. Mean, I can see the reasoning, but I think so. The asterisks they have to be two playable sides to the adventure card, and they have to be aggressively costed. Like three into four is uh, a lot questing, more than two into three. Yeah, the, the best adventures like, were two into three. Three for the bounce is a lot. Like if you look at questing druid, if you look oh. at uh, yeah. Lord Crusher Giant, like all these cards, like their sides are very like aggressively costed. Like a four man, uh, you know, a a four three. Uh, with the ping effect, like stomp, like stuff like that. So we were close. I think if this was one mana less on both halves, we'd be there. Oh, that'd be really good. I mean, we saw like, what's the what's the Boros one that's kind of flopped? Heartflame Duelist. That's like creature into spell. So adventures are like, they really need that very specific formatting of like spell into creature and be efficient enough on both sides. Because Heartflame Duelist is a card that I was pretty high on and that one has not shown up either, so... I mean, horned uh, lock whale sees play. That's another mm. adventure yeah. card. That's the, uh, uh, what do you call it when you bounce to the top of a library? Do you have a name oh, for that? Uh, is there a name for that? Th- there has to be, you know? What, what I don't, is that? I don't know, actually. It's not tucking, right? Tucking goes to the bottom. It, is it's there like, you, they choose seal? to put no, to the top or the bottom. Yeah. But it's like bouncing into a fate seal, but they choose into the six mana finisher. Uh, that sees play. So we, we did see a lot of adventures in Eldraine, but not, yeah. not the Coven. Uh, okay, top omission. We also got up the beanstalk. <laughs> I think this card might actually be really good. So it's a two-man enchantment that can trip. So by itself, it can't be that bad. And then whenever you cast an expensive thing, you get to draw another card. It reminds me a little bit of Garrick's Uprising. Garrick's Uprising specifically cares about creatures with power four or greater. Up a beanstalk doesn't have the creature restriction, but it is a little bit more expensive. You need five mana value stuff, which is going to be more costlier than four power creatures. But if your deck has an enchantment theme, is built around a bunch of big spells, this seems like it could be a pretty consistent source of card advantage. Plus, again, just like being two mana and cantripping when it enters the battlefield makes the opportunity cost of putting in this in your deck pretty low. Worst case, it's two mana, trigger all your constellation stuff, all your enchantment stuff, add an enchantment to the battlefield for hollowed haunting or whatever, calyx or whatever, and then also maybe draw some cards later in the game. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was a little bit better than that. Yeah, <laughs> technically, it's unplayable in modern. That is that literally unplayable in modern. You uh, will yeah. you'll get a DQ if you put this in your deck yeah, and go exactly. to a tournament. It's, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. But otherwise, I'd actually, I think after it got revealed, didn't the first big tournament, Greg Orange and a few others took Bant Control, uh, where it was blue white, but it just splashed green for Beanstalk because it played Leyline and it played March of Otherworldly Light all and Syncopates just to trigger Beanstalk to keep the card advantage going. And I played the deck myself on stream and the card was pretty good. And I mean, it's good, I hear. And it's kind of evolved into like a domain staple now in standard where that's like one of the yeah. one of the key pieces in the main deck, which is one of the best deck, obviously got banned in modern. Uh, it turns out the card was like kind of kind of a mistake, actually, at this point, at least for older formats. So. Uh, so, yeah, it ended up being way better than I, I constellation. It triggers your constellation. What was I, what was I, I, I thinking? Think we evaluated fairly. Like if yes. you played this into casting a five drop, it's like whatever. It actually is Garrick's Uprising. 
but now when we see these cards, we, we need to think about all the abuses. Yep. So in modern, leyline binding, the elementals, all of that stuff. Uh, yep. We need to think about cascade abuse, right? <laughs> like, can we cascade into it? Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got we to gotta be careful. Think of it I know there were some people that immediately... Like, as soon as a card was released, they're like, this card needs to be banned from Modern. Yeah. This is better than the One Ring. We're like, yeah. okay, whatever. Whatever, yeah. dude. <laughs> and then we started to see, like, wait a minute. Free spell into Ancestral Recall. And you just chain them together. And it's, like, ridiculous. Yep. Uh, so some people are applying that critical eye. But we need to not take on Just like when we see Graveyard cards, we're like, does this break Dredge? Right? <laughs> when we see a free spell or, Dredge like, Phyrexian Man, we're like, wait yep. a minute. <laughs> so now when we see mana value X or greater, you gotta be like, wait a minute, I can cast like half my deck for like one mana, but it still, you know, meets this criteria. Uh so yeah, we that that that's the lesson learned for this uh, year, I think. Evoke elementals ruining everything. <laughs> Even my spoiler predictions. <laughs> Even Leyline so finding rude. in standard, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and you got like the virtues Domain and so forth. There's like a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. All right, Lord of the Rings. So this one's kind of interesting because at the beginning of the year, we didn't know what Lord of the Rings would bring. And we're like Gandalf aggro. Like, is it happening? Or is it going to be like a flop? We didn't know that Post Malone would be buying the serialized (laughs) ring for like over $2 million. Uh, We had no idea. And I think a lot of people thought this was going to flop. This turned out to be one of the greatest things Wizards of the Coast has done with Magic the Gathering in terms of... um, exposure in terms of hype in terms of like people most people for the most part love lord of the rings even if we gripe about the metagame uh so let's see what we had to say about lord of the rings (laughs) we did get a card called the one ring which has been one of the most talked about cards from the set i don't think the one like there's two camps the one ring is stone cold unplayable in modern or it actually has some kind of combo or something so i don't know the one ring I, I mean, I could see Karn tutoring this up in Modern. I could see this maybe being a Karn tutor target. What do you think about in Commander? Uh, my first reaction was meh, but the more I think about this, is this just like one of the best card draw spells for Commander that we've seen ever? I'm coming around to this just being actually like busted in Commander. Like I would just throw this in any deck. In any deck? The problem is you and if die. It sticks or- <laughs> like, you do. So I, I don't think <laughs> the damage adds it- up. In any deck, because if you, like, say, live four turns with this, you probably just killed yourself, right? So you actually need some way to get rid of it or to some way to gain life to offset it. I think that's... It's so effective. Imagine if, like, Ristic Study costs you a life for every card you drew. You're like, it draws so many cards, but you die so fast that you need some way of handling that that you can't put it in a generic deck. So that would be my gut. And then... You're like, oh, maybe life doesn't matter. But if life doesn't matter, that means you're playing like very high powered, then this is too slow, I think. There's like better draw engines. But in a casual deck, I think your life does matter. And you need a way to get rid of this. And it's hard to get rid of. It's mm-hmm. indestructible. So you need to actually sack it or exile it um, or gain life. That's true. Gain, gain to, throw it in a, to throw it in a volcano, if you would. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out uh, very carnival tutor. Very, very wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was I, half right. I was half wrong. I mean, I, honestly, there's two camps. I honestly, this has to be the card of the year, right? Like, if you just looked at 2023 and picked one card to define the year in Magic, 
it's got to be the One Ring, like the Post Malone thing, the Lord of the Rings hype, modern domination, commander staple. It is very easily, I think. So, so yeah, maybe we were a little low on it, but it certainly, I think, found its place in the in the lore of magic at this point as just being like such a dominant force and huge story. I mean, yeah, it was a big part of magic's history, right? Like, like gameplay wise, whatever, like, you know, ignoring all of that. We're talking just like as a game and what happened this year because of it. We're talking people that just bought collector's boosters because they wanted to open it. You had big content creators, big streamers cracking the boxes. And like it 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 was just for the one out of one ring. We're talking streamers that had no idea how to even play the game or what the game is. They just heard one of one Lord of the Rings, right? And that that was just enough. So, yeah, like as like just a big push for like like selling product. This set, I it makes sense why it's their best selling set. And apparently, we're really bad at modern staple card advantage engines because we were kind of meh on Up a Beanstalk. Didn't even mention modern, and then also wondering we're kind of like yeah maybe Carno grab one in the sideboard. And those are like two of the defining before the bannings, like two of the defining engine pieces in the whole format. I, I will say that that modern, you know. Like, you know, but like, like, like that, I'm more of a standard guy and, you know, maybe commander nowadays. So like, I'm not surprised I would miss what's going on in modern. It actually isn't that stately in modern, is it? Like, isn't it just Amulet Titan playing this card? Mm, like, I'm sure there exists some Urza deck out there that plays it, but like of the actual like top Tron, decks, it's definitely you, like you a either, Tron staple oh. as well. Tron is played, but the other the other big like Yagmoth doesn't play. I mean, so uh, Beans the... played Beanstalk better than One Ring apparently, and then there's like the the Living End decks, like Footfall decks. They don't play it, right? So right so... now in our numbers, thirty three percent of decks, three point seven copies each, fifth most played card in the format. So it's what, Coffers, what's causing that though? Coffers, oh, Coffers. Uh, is another big one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Yogg, apparently, five color, oh, the Omnath decks, like the four or five color Omnath piles have went back to the one ring. So yeah, it's, oh, yeah it's, after it's, Beans. Yeah, with Beans They definitely got a lot more play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with, compared to like what, where I probably thought, like no matter what I thought, this is already a significant increase in what I thought it would get played at. I was thinking like, right. hey, you stick one in your card board, not like we thought it was too slow, play. right? We're like yeah, four, yeah. four mana, do nothing, take a turn off, but Oh, like Titan just loops this to like no tomorrow. Like a lot, yep. like the, the thing you, you forget is not only you're drawing these cards, you're just paying a little bit of light, but then you're drawing another one ring and you put it down uh, so much that I tried questing beast. Um, <laughs> you get people, but it sucks otherwise. <laughs> and the protection really changes the equation, right? Compared to like a panharmonicon yeah. that really does nothing. Like sure, this doesn't do much right away. It draws you one card, but like the protection means you can afford to take that turn off compared to other cards similar to this. So I think that's like one of the biggest differences. And we're banning this in Commander next season, I think. Uh, actually, we haven't seen it that much this season, but it's an auto-include in every deck, right? Like, the 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 yeah. fallacy of you need a way to get rid of it or copy no. it or something is like, actually, no. But I would actually say it's so good that it gets you killed. 
I think we've seen Krim cast this card multiple times and then just die because everyone's like, oh my God, the one ring. <laughs> they all like murder him and you we, can't 3v1 effectively. <laughs> we've also had some loopy games, only a couple, but we've had a couple games where like you get the one ring and copy it and copy it and bounce it and replay it and like get this protection for a bunch of turns. Those games are annoying. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We were going to ban it. We haven't talked about it recently, though. Let us know. Should we still ban the one ring if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast? All right, and <laughs> there's another card from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the number one card. The card I think it would be is Orcish Bowmasters. Uh, oh, yeah. Two mana, one, one flash. This is a card I see people. It's one of the most expensive cards in the set. It's also one that people are really, really high on. Changing modern, changing legacy. Is this card worthy of the hype? Like, is is this something you just play to snipe down Ragavans and, like, hate on Brainstorms? Or is this, like, a Narset Wheel combo piece where you gotta, like, build your deck around trying to maximize this card? I think the reason why there's hype around is that you don't really have to build around it, right? Like, it is just a generically good card. Now, this is, like, of the things, like, of all the cards in this set, I think this is actually the most playable. Like, I, I think this card is actually really good. And that's like for two mana. Like that's ridiculous. The 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 biggest complaint I've seen is like, what do you it's a black card. Like, what do you do with like who who plays this? <laughs> there is no black deck that, that, that kind of wants this. Uh so that's the problem. And then also I you know, people if they see you holding the mana, they're not gonna brainstorm into it. Like, you know, that that's the dream scenario, right? But it's only two mana, so it's not that bad. Yeah. Is there any modern being- playability to this thing? So it's not it being as good, it, right, in modern. There's no brainstorm to hate on, or even like ponders and preordain. So there's there's less card draw. On the other hand, like there's maybe more homes. I could see like Yagmoth running it. It's two bodies to sacrifice. Like you get some incidental value off of it. I'm not sure though. Like in modern, like what are you hating on in specific? Like it's just such a different format because there's no brainstorm holding everything together. It hates on Yag, but Yag like the first thing they sack can just snipe it. I mean, right. maybe maybe it's still, hmm. Yeah, I I think in Legacy it's going to be good. Like, just that Brainstorm line. Or even if you slow down the Brainstorm, it's worth it. In Modern, I'm less sure. Like, in Modern, maybe it's still good enough. I like that it snipes Monkey. Like, even just the ETB. Like, two bodies, snipe a Monkey, snipe a Hierarch. Like, that's something. Unironically, I've seen people talking about Burning Inquiry. Just like each the old hollow one trick, one mana, each player draws three discards three <laughs> yeah. at random, and then you flash flash this oh, in beforehand man. and like get a four four and ping them a bunch. Like so, maybe maybe if, maybe you got to build around it in modern. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Bowmaster is currently twenty four percent of the meta. Yeah, and uh, yeah. It, it's being held up by Yogmoth. Yogmoth is like ten percent of the meta. It's a four of in there. Scam used to play it. Um, yeah. Before uh, a scam got uh, got the fury hit. So those are the two homes I mean, that actually saw Bowmasters. It still plays yeah. it. Right oh, the think, deck is a lot less popular though. I think I was too focused on like how often is he gonna trigger this card? Because it turns out like it's just good enough, right? Like two bodies, snipe an X1, that by itself is good enough for a lot of decks to to see play. So we kind of nailed like the homes, like Yagmoth does want it. It did fit there, but I think I was a little bit too low on it because I was too focused on like well, what's going to trigger this? And I guess also we got to remember this was pre-Beanstalk and pre-One Ring, knowing that One Ring was like a modern staple. So at the time, we we're like, it was going to trigger it, but I don't. that doesn't actually matter. Just like shooting down an X1 and having two bodies and then maybe triggering once in a while turns out to be like very good in modern. 
if you just like click on a random league, it is the second most played card right now. Uh, the most recent modern league, it is at 27% of decks, 85 copies. And that's not even accounting for the other decks that probably have 5 0 and yada, yada, yada. So I think that, I mean, it was so good that at a point in time, just remember this, it almost felt like Christmas morning, Flump was played. There was a combo. <laughs> That's true. That required Flump and this. And, and it was so good. It literally spawned a meme archetype. So I if think anything, that, it's probably too good. <laughs> I think. Like, if I anything. Mean, I mean, it's been it, nerfed it on Arena. Now, well, like, see, so now Timeless is on Arena, right? And what is the one thing when I was deck building last night? Or like not last night, uh, like a like a, a week or two ago, uh, like yeah, for timeless. Mm-hmm. And the one thing we kept, I like, I kept talking about with chat, and it was just okay. But you know, if you you see a black deck, they're gonna have auto include four of these. Yeah. So does this pass the bowmaster check? And then you know, like, cause you know, brainstorm is gonna ramp it. And so this card, just like there, and and, and modern. It has kept X1s in check. Why is Delighted Halfling taken off? Because it's a 1-2. So this card alone has just pushed out an entire type or a statted uh, type of creatures except for Monkey, and that just shows you how good Monkey is. Yeah, I... Can I double down? Oh, <laughs> I, I, you I, don't I, think ooh, it's that good? I, I, no, I think it's a little overrated. So I, I think the, the <laughs> part we missed... Was that it makes two bodies, right? So Yogg is playing it because it makes two bodies. Uh, the sacrifice decks, like the Asmo food decks, two bodies. The things that it's nice is actually very bad. Like people don't draw cards like no tomorrow. And like if you're trying to get someone with the one ring, like they got a one ring. Like what is your bowmaster's gonna do? So I think playing it generically, it kind of sucks. Like I, I played it in Jund, it like made the cut almost instantly because it doesn't apply enough pressure. And, like, you can just snipe some, like, Raghavans or something, but that's about it. So, I actually Richard, think it's a little... You, you need the Saxon. So, when you care about two bodies, it's insane. And I think Yogmoth being top of the meta is kind of, like, propping up this card. Kind of like when Scam was, like, the best card in the format. Like, it's stupid Scam cards are, like, the best source for your instance. But, like, no other deck wants it, right? So, I think decks that care specifically about two bodies... It's very good. Or if like somehow elves is meta or something, you you, you play bowmasters. But like as a generic card, it, it like kind of sucks. Like if, I if actually look, don't like it in Jun. Like what? I would not play it in Jun. Richard, look at the even there is a, an actual five and O Jun. You'd be on this board right now if you played a full four of them. Right? <laughs> I've here. tried it. I've tried it. It was uh, two three two three O oh, two Dude. drop. What? I've tried it plenty of times. Like, it's even, not enough pressure. If they're not drawing cards or they don't have an X1, and people are not playing X1s because of Fury anyway, uh, like it, it, it's literally a bear. It's like a two mana two two. It's right? so like, much it better. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't call it a bear. It's so much better than that. There's, there's a random red black Asmo food deck. Red black just plays that's, Orcish That's a sack deck. It wants two sure. bodies. It wants two bodies. Jun plays it. Mono black. Uh, you know, like, like we're talking about like death shadow right like why not ping yourself like <laughs> i'm not joking here i'm not even joking like this is this is how good it is it, it's if you have black you play it 
I wonder if it's a victim of its own success to some extent. We're like, if you push all the X ones out of the format and no one plays X ones, then Bowmasters gets a little bit worse. And we see like the meta adjusting to the fact that Bowmasters is so good by playing less X ones. So <laughs> if that happens, then maybe it gets worse just in the sense that like, what am I hating on anymore? So if it's not that good, I think it's because it's so good, if that makes sense. It's so good. It just pushes out the things that it could kill. And then you're like, well, I guess I don't need it today because those things aren't here anymore. But even with that in mind, right, we've all talked about it. We've talked about how good it is. It's universal knowledge that X1s are kind of banned, right? Kind of. <laughs> uh, but regardless, you still see four of them. Why is that? Because you know what? Outside of X1s, the biggest X1 in the game is your face. And the point here is it can close out the game. Gut shot. Get him Legitimately for just getting, imagine getting one additional ping off this. I already feel very good about it. Right. Like just if I got a one one and an and an uh, a two two token that will continue to grow and sent Yo, that up I to got, your I face. got boss with Dreadnight for you. It's a two mana three two crew. That that's a that's a grizzly bear with one additional power. I got you. It's <laughs> at Dude, sorcery so, speed. People are hitting you with two mana, like eight eight flyers and like, stuff, right? Like this is too fair. You need to really what? pop off with this to be worth the two drop slot, right? Like it really you needs to fix a matchup for you. Bowmasters is too fair. Sack deck. Sack decks need it because of the two bodies plus the recurring no! body. Right? You you sack you sack the army and another army comes back. But outside of that, it's a little sus. <laughs> Richard, I need whatever whatever your whatever juice you're on. I need a sip of that but, juice because. I'll, I'll try it just for you. I'll, I'll bust out Jundra and put Bowmasters, but I tried so many no. leagues with it in, and it was I always so underwhelming every you. time I had but, it. But Richard, I'm sliding in the DMs the list right now. <laughs> have you have you tried Jund with Mosswood Dread Knight though? That's a real question. Uh, 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 <laughs> I think it would actually be straight up better. That's like no, a no, not dude. You are beating the other Bowmaster, dude. There, okay. I dare you. I dare you to play that. <laughs> like, just, just you, you guys gotta play Jund to understand. They're, your opponent is like footfalls or like living end and you're like okay turn to grizzly bear past the turn and this is like, better oh, than a grizzly bear hit. richard don't downplay this card what are you there is a reason this is a 40 dollar price tag Mods with red knight i dare you to meme that card it like okay i heard you All say right, challenge sell me strangle for the leagues dice. we're gonna go we're gonna 4050 with jund with moss with dread knight you get you get yourself on that board with a jund deck and just identical 60 just replace bowmaster with Mosswood Dread Knight. <laughs> see what happens. See what happens. Just see what All right. happens. All right. We're running long, but before we close this year's podcast, we got we to gotta give our wish list for, mm. for next year. What are we hoping for in 2024? Oh, God, that number is so big, Seth. It was just oh, last no. year that it was the year 2000. Isn't it wild? Innistrad <laughs> uh, was released like two years ago, right? Liliano the Vamp. It oh feels like it. Walkers was yesterday. Invented. I know, right? <laughs> So yes. 2024, what do we want for Magic the Gathering? Are, will there still be Wizards employees left in 2024? <laughs> oh, Good Lord. I hope so. I, I, yeah. I really hope. But you know what? That's my wish list. I hope they fix stuff from the top down here. Uh, like you hear a lot about it. You know, you hear about like how bad like corporate is and all of that. But you look at the, there's a story. I'm not going to go into it. Read into it your own time. But the unfortunately he passed. But the last uh, higher up of when the Wii U hit of Nintendo and what he did and how he took the pay cut so that everybody so they didn't have to make cuts because of the flopping of the Wii U. So I will say that right now. That's my first wish list. Second thing on the wish list is 
more of what we've had in standard. I think standard is amazing right now. I think it is insanely fun. Uh, I think, as I said before, you want competitive magic, you want 60 cards to matter, it starts with standard and then it bleeds everywhere else. And I think the direction they're moving in, despite you can hate Shealdr, you can hate those cards, it's fine to hate a card. But the thing here is, it's actually fine in the format, this format's great. I want them to just keep doing what they're doing. I'm not even asking for much, because if I do, apparently I get coal. So, I would just rather have a good, healthy standard, or a fun standard. And they're continuing to do that. So I love where you're going, what you're doing. Keep doing it. Cool. So <laughs> this might be this might be a bad one because it's kind of similar to last year, but I really love modern and I really want modern to be fun. And I still just like I want modern to I don't know, maybe my wishes. Maybe I'm like, I got the weird nostalgia thing and I'm like, want to go back to like something that can't exist, this world that isn't even there anymore. But I, I still want to see modern like be shaken up and be successful so like that's one of the things i'm really hoping for the other thing i'm hoping for to kind of piggyback on crim's thing my wish would be that watsi's attempts to make paper standard a thing again actually are fruitful and like that actually happens because i think like that would be really really big for the game overall if we actually had something that wasn't commander that people were playing in pa uh, in paper again so i'm hoping that with their push and their changes some of them i like some of them i don't like but like i hope that those changes are successful and we actually see like big paper tournaments and people going to the LGS to play standard and like that would be really awesome so that's my pie in the sky I don't know if I have much faith that it's going to happen but fingers crossed I think that would be really awesome so I know this will never happen but I'll throw it out there but I want less product I think this is the biggest problem with release schedule and like this product's not for you we have no time to build any attachment or like future nostalgia like, I, I can guarantee you in five years, I'm not going to remember anything that happened in 2023 because we've had so many sets. Like, as soon as, like, Doctor Who is released, like, before I even have a deck in hand, the next preview season is happening. And I can't even, like, look over kind of, like, the Tier 2 cards or the Tier 3 cards from the set and build a deck or anything like that. So, like... Going back to original Innistrad, which is like, I don't know how many years ago to me. It's like four years ago Ten. because Ten, I yeah. have this intense Twelve. nostalgia where we grinded Innistrad standard. That was the only thing everyone talked about on the internet. We all talked about it. We all played it. We played it for several months before the next set came out and we moved on. And that built an attachment to the cards in the set. Like I remember like Tragic Slip. I remember all those cards. Whereas now, like we're not even done preview season yet. And we got like eight secret layers and a set releasing in six months being spoiled today for some reason. And we're moving on before we can get any attachment to any of these cards. So I want Wizards to figure out how to build this attachment with this release schedule, which I don't even know that's possible or not. But I would like to be attached to some of these cards because I... Really don't remember what happened this year. There's too many products. It's a blur. Too many cards. Too many variations. Like, I can't even be hyped about, uh, you know, anime this because there's like 80,000 other anime versions now and foil that and galaxy this. And like, it's too much stuff going on. Like, just just chill out and let me let me get some attachment here. I'm there with you. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think that would be a positive for sure. All right, so that brings us to a close. 2023 is in the books. 2024, another great year of magic, hopefully. And if Wizards doesn't do it, we will make it happen, guys. We will make magic <laughs> fun. 
Uh, let us know in the comments what you thought. Uh, what are your big hits or misses? I'm sure there's someone like, guys, I got everything. I knew the one <laughs> ring was busted and Bow Masters. And what are you smoking? Of course, Sunfall was the truth. Uh, let us know what your hits were, what your misses were. I perfectly calculated everything. <laughs> 2024. What do you want to see? Give me your pie in the sky wish and give me your realistic wish. Like, what do you think will actually, you know, plausibly happen? And like, what do you, if, if you I have were... no wishes, Richard. They're only future predictions because I am correct always. I am never wrong. <laughs> These clowns, they don't know what they're talking about. Let me have a mic. <laughs> and with that, uh, we will end the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening and uh, see you next week.